If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Recorded live. Well, hello, folks. Uh, This is Bill Henderson and my good friend, Dr. Carlos Garcia, back to talk to you again today about uh, what we feel is the important uh, topics concerning cancer, what we've learned about it from my clients and Dr. Garcia's patients in in his clinic. Uh, we've learned a lot from the people we work with and, you know, I've been doing it for, I don't know, 15 years or so on the phone. Uh, Dr. Garcia, I don't know about how long have you been doing it, doc? 20 years this year. 20 years. Wow. Well, uh, uh, congratulations. Anyway, yeah, we've learned a lot from people and one of the things we've learned, which we're going to talk about today is why people get cancer. What is the cause of it? And uh, before we get into that, uh, my good friend Dr. Garcia has a little message for you. Bill, good to be back on, listening to your voice. I've missed it. So, gentlemen and ladies, the intention of this talk show is for information and educational purposes only. Any medical advice given on the show or read on either Bill Henderson's website, which is beating-cancer-gently.com, or Utopia Wellness's website, which is utopiawellness.com, should not be substituted for an actual visit with a medical provider. Since definite diagnosis and treatment are not offered, there is no doctor-patient relationship. We strongly encourage that any information that you receive and perceive applicable to your situation from the show be discussed with your personal medical provider to determine what is best for you or to contact Dr. Garcia at 727-799-9060 to schedule a free, non-obligatory cancer consultation. Back to you, Bill. Wow. I feel so much better. Thank you. You covered our tushes, I think, uh, both of them. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we get into the discussion today, I want to uh, tell anyone who's uh, signed in, we, we seem to have some people on the on the call listening to us, that this is proactive, uh, where you can, you can join in this conversation if you like. Uh, all you do is down below where there's this green arrow over on the right of the screen, you just type in a question and we'll both see it and uh, when we get around to a a pause in our discussion, uh, we'll uh, address it. Uh, if it has to do with the subject we're talking about, great, but that's not absolutely necessary. Whatever's bugging you, uh, ask us and we'll try to answer it. Well, we've talked about a subject before which um, has interested both Dr. Garcia and myself um, for a number of years, um, simply because it is so unique uh, to the type of thing 
that we and a few other uh, a few other doctors do with patients, and that is try to emphasize to them why they got the cancer, what the cause was. Interestingly enough, of the 5,000-plus people I've talked to in 68 countries all over the world in the last 15 years, there is one question that I always ask, and that is, have the cancer docs you've dealt with, most of them have been to the cancer doctors when they get get around to coming to me, uh, have the cancer docs discussed with you why you got this cancer that's been diagnosed? The answer is always no. Now, how much sense does that make, folks? Think about it. Uh, here are doctors trying to heal you of cancer, presumably. That's their, their uh, end goal. And they don't even try to figure out why you got it, you know, and try to deal with the cause. So to me, this seems totally illogical and proof enough that cancer docs know little or nothing about uh, what cancer is or how to deal with it. But what we want all of you to know that are listening to this is why we think people get cancer. And, of course, they've taught us this. I mean, in his 20 years, Dr. Garcia's been through a lot of this, uh, discussing it with patients. I've certainly been through it in my 15 years. And they've taught us that there are only a very few uh, causes that seem to be the major reasons we get cancer. And we're not going to hold you in suspense here because most of you are already probably familiar with this, but we are going to talk about this in some detail today, I think. Uh, Both Dr. Garcia's approach to it with his clinic and his clinical patients and my approach to it to the people I work with on the phone or Skype or whatever. Uh, The three major causes that I've found, Dr. Garcia may or may not agree completely, uh, and we do discuss them in our cancer-free book, one has to do with emotional stress-type issues, you know, where you go through something usually for weeks or months that's bugging you enough to change your body physiology. Uh, the second one, of course, is dental toxins, which is probably the most common cause of cancer, at least what I've found. We'll see if Dr. Garcia agrees. And the third is simply what we put in our mouth, or what we don't put in our mouth, I guess. Uh, in other words, it's the food, uh, the drinks, and the supplements that we take uh, that you know, help either help us or harm us. And knowing about these three issues and dealing with them seems to work in most cases, at least for me, for people to get over their cancer permanently. Once they understand this and get it taken care of, these three things uh, in a in a manner that is effective and it's done correctly and so on, uh, they seem to get over the cancer. What do you think, Doc? Let me hear from you a little bit. Well, I think you're absolutely correct. I think at the con- he, the, the first mistake, the first mistake that oncologists make, in my opinion, actually more medical doctors make, in my opinion, is that because they've been they've been sort of trained to become specialists, that um, they 
they are they believe in body parts. So they, so when they when you go to an oncologist if you have a cancer, they're not there thinking about what the cancer really involves. They're looking at you let's just take liver cancer for example. So they're looking at your liver, your liver functions, how they're going to deal with the cancer in your liver. They're naive enough to believe that if the PET scan shows that your liver is uh, has cancer and that maybe there's a lymph node that's kind of a little bit lit up that, well, you know, we really can't see it anywhere else, so we're going to make the assumption that your liver cancer is just in your liver. And they'll go to this book and, and they'll say, this is how you treat liver cancer and give you whatever appropriate poison they want to give you or radiation um, or, or surgical intervention. The problem with this is that, as I said to many patients, every every disease, every disease that I've ever dealt with has a head and a body, must, usually not always two arms, usually not always two legs, and some remnants of organs inside the abdominal cavity. And so, therefore, I've never had the the experience of having a, a liver call the phone uh, call call my office, make an appointment to see me, waddle onto my 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 lobby, sign in, waddle <laughs> onto my desk, waddle onto my my uh, one of my chairs, and talk to me. <laughs> it's always happened with a body. Now, if anyone has a different experience, for God's sake, please enlighten me because I haven't. And so, therefore, if the cancer walks in with a body. Basic logic dictates that you better understand that you have to deal, or if you wish, that the cancer is that body. Okay, that is the the environment of the cancer because the cancer cannot exist without that body. <laughs> and so logic dictates that if I'm going to be standing a snowball chance in hell of helping anybody. I'd better realize that I've got to address that entity that just walked in and sat down and said, I was diagnosed in this example with liver cancer, and here's my story. And and that's the first mistake that doctors make globally when it comes to cancer. And that's the first mistake that they make globally, excuse me, in my opinion, when they treat just about every other disease. Yeah, I agree. Because they don't, they're looking at body parts. So, and, and, and it's really interesting because when you talk to oncologists, and the few of them that have basically bored me to death, <laughs> I basically said, okay, look, so you think that liver cancer is different than lung cancer, right? Well, yeah. So you got different, you got different chemotherapeutic agents that you use for the liver that you use for your lungs, well, of course. Okay, so... If you have a liver disease, if you've got a liver cancer, and it spreads, say, uh, to the lymph nodes, if, if the cancer in the liver is different than the cancer in the lungs, then isn't the cancer that goes from the liver into the lymph nodes different? Well, I never thought about it that way. Well, why not? Well, because no one asked the question. So if you were to say... And you know, I have an act for that. I ask questions that like, people don't like to ask. It's my bad, I guess. So if if the, the whole thought process is 
that the liver cancer is different than the lung cancer and that we understand that there's a thing called metastases. Then the question is, when, when the liver cancer metastasizes wherever, do you now have to use a different chemo, chemo, uh, uh, chemotherapeutic agent? Do you have to have one chemotherapeutic agent for the liver and another one for the lymph nodes? Because that's the way you're looking at it. You're approaching it as body parts, and the lymphatic system is different than the, than the liver, and they go nuts. They, they shut down because they don't know the answer to this question because they're not used to thinking. As you said before, they are trained to open up a book and basically dispense drugs. Yeah, and, and that's the main, that's the very first problem that most practitioners have when they address any issue within the human body. Whether it's let's just take cancer off the table for example for for a minute. Whether it's you're going in because you got gastric reflux, whether you're going in there because you got constipation, whether you're going in there because you've got uh, you know, a, a broken bone, whatever it is, you've got to address the entire body. And and that's where medicine has failed. I mean, if we're going from zero to 100, it gets a 10, if that. And that's probably because they signed the paper and the minimum score is 10. But, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about absolutely total dysfunction. And and that, as long as we keep that mode, uh, mode of thinking that I treat body parts, the cancer machine will fail because cancer is a systemic problem. All right. It involves, yeah, it involves from head to toe. Yeah, it's just basically it's a uh, an excess of cancer cells that are produced daily in our bodies every day. I don't know how many. Nobody has an exact number, but my guess is because of the low percentage that it's somewhere hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of cancer cells because every day uh, our cells divide, you know, 70 trillion or so cells, whatever we have in our body. They About 300 billion of them divide every day. Well, a percentage of those that amounts to point zero 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 three three ten thousandths of one percent is a million cells okay i mean so if the cancer cells that are just mistakes made in this process of cell division that's what cancer cells are basically they're cells that don't have enough uh, oxygen, among other things. Uh, this was discovered back in the 1920s by our friend Dr. Otto Warburg, who got a Nobel Prize for it, that the, uh, the de- definition of a cancer cell is a normal cell that has not been able to uptake enough oxygen to survive. And some percentage of, the, of our cells that are dividing get into this mode because of the damage caused by free radicals and and toxins and chemicals and all kinds of other things that damage cells, they get into this mode where they can't breathe up enough oxygen to survive. So what do they do? Well, the cell has a, a survival instinct, just like we do as people. And it says, oh, okay, well, i got to survive some other way. And it goes into fermentation mode, 
Well, what does that mean? It means that the cell sucks up some form of sugar, glucose, fructose, uh, whatever, and uh, and uh, goes through the process of fermentation of the sugar in order to survive. Well, that's what a cancer cell is. It's a cell where both the membrane and the the internal portion of the cell have been damaged to the point where the DNA has lost some of its functions. One of those is the suicide function. And as the cell divides, the cancer cell, it does not look at itself and say, am I correct? If not, I'm out of here. That's what the normal cell does. They commit suicide if they're not correct. Well, the cancer cell doesn't do that because it doesn't have that function. The DNA has been damaged. And so it just continues to divide stupidly out of control forever. It never stops, literally. Uh, The only thing that stops it at that point is the immune system, which recognizes these as, as abnormal cells, and it says, Hey, I've got to take care of these. And so it, it latches onto them and kills them and, and keeps them under control. It doesn't kill all of them, as all of us have cancer cells in our body all day, every day. But hopefully, if our immune system is working right, that number of cancer cells is under control. What does that mean? Well, it just means that nothing develops like a tumor or melanoma or lymphoma or leukemia, whatever, uh, that is harmful and damaging to our body's organs and is causing us major problems and, and um, you know, all kinds of pain issues and what have you. That doesn't happen to people like me, hopefully never, but if it does, I'm not going to be frightened about it because I'll realize that I haven't been doing enough to support my body and the cancer cells have gotten out of control and they've developed to a tumor about 90% of the time that's how it shows up so what I want everybody to understand is that this is us it is a daily process the cancer cells are there in our bodies every single day and if and when they exceed the ability of our immune system to handle them and develop this tumor or whatever, you don't attack that as the problem. It's a symptom of this imbalance in your body that says, hey, you're not good enough to keep these under control like you're supposed to, and they've developed something that can be harmful to your, your organs and can cause death if you don't deal with it eventually. So, hey, wake up, you know, do something to get your body back in balance. Well, that's what cancer is, okay? I don't want to bore everybody, but the point is it is caused by something. It's not random, you know, excess cancer cells don't just happen to people by accident. They happen for a reason, you know, and we need to talk about that. Uh, Doc, what do you think? Well, cancer does happen for a reason. That is true. And, um, you know, people, one of the things that get people upset uh, when they meet me is that I I tell them that your choices have resulted in you having cancer. The the little green Martians didn't come and give this to you. You you basically made bad choices. And, again, we're not trying to um, uh, judge you. We're just trying to tell you that 
that, you know, you want to really be, you really want to make this your cancer. And, and the best way I can explain it to people is why you want it to be your cancer is because if you rent a house and you want to paint it psychedelic, psychedelic orange, and if you own the house, you go ahead and do it. Now, if there's a you know, homeowners association, you have to deal with them. But if, if there's no homeowners association and you want to paint it psychedelic orange, no one's going to stop you. However, if you're renting the house, then you're going to have to ask permission. So when you own your cancer, you can, you can make the changes necessary in order for you to get rid of it. If it's somebody else's cancer, if you've got cancer for some other reason like genetics, people love to blame genetics. <laughs> genetics, according to Harvard, causes less than 5% of all cancers. So if you want to have genetics be responsible for your problems, then, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that you are screwed because we do not have the ability to change your genomes. We don't have that available. We, we can't go down to your corner jean store, okay, walk into the Levi department and say, you know, I've got this bad gene that's caused me to have uh, liver cancer, and I want to change my liver cancer, so I want to change out that Levi. It's not going to happen. We don't, we don't have that. So you always want to own your problem because if you own it, you are then able to change it because you don't need a, a consensus from anybody except for you. And this is what people really don't understand. I'm trying to get you to own your, your disease, in this case cancer, because it empowers you to make changes which you're going to have to make. Now, things are going to change, and there's no way about, around this. And, and, and you're going to have to, again, you're not going to like this part of the conversation, but so be it. Because you don't like it doesn't mean it isn't going to happen. Because you've got cancer, this is going to end up in one or two ways. Either you're going to make changes and look down at the grass, or you're going to refuse to make the changes necessary, and you're going to be looking up at the roots. But either way, changes are going to happen. And if you make the right changes, you'll be looking down at the grass, enjoying your life until you die of old age with a healthy body. And if you choose to be stubborn and not make any changes, then regrettably my experience is that you're going to be looking up at the roots. But either way, change has occurred. There's no getting around change. And people yeah, and obviously what we need to change, everybody needs to change this, is what we put in our mouth. Well, obviously, hey, everything we eat or don't, take in the way of supplements or do take in the way of medication or whatever, every bit of it that goes in our mouth affects our body. And a lot of it affects it in a very harm, harmful fashion and needs to be changed because we need to f support our body, feed it what it needs, give it the right supplements to support what activity it's trying to do and to keep it in balance. You know, we have to do this. We have to understand it. And if you just trust doctors and say, fix me when you get cancer, you know, good luck, because they don't know anything about nutrition. They don't know anything about what your body is, is asking you to give it, because, you know, it's saying, hey, I, I'm trying to 
get you a message here, a little wake-up call that's that's diagnosed as cancer of some kind that says you're not really supporting me the way I need you to. So that's one. That's one cause. Well, we have lots of information in the in the book, the cancer-free book, about how to correct this and how to change your eating habits and eat the right stuff that supports your body, take the supplements. Uh, we've kind of boiled it down to a, a regimen that is fairly manageable and, and not terribly expensive that we believe, I think, Dr. Garcia can comment on this, um, we believe, I think, that this covers the essentials. You know, the seven things listed there in our Chapter 5 in the book covers the essentials that you can do to support your body by putting in your mouth daily something that the body needs and getting, in most cases, getting rid of of uh, things that are, are, are a problem because they're insufficient. So that's important. It's very important. But these other two things we've found are vitally important as well. One of them, again, no doctor that you're going to talk to about your cancer who has called an oncologist or radiologist or surgeon or whatever is going to know anything about either of these. But one of the other two is this issue of stress. And most people who get cancer have been through an unusually stressful period in their life, not 100%. Uh, like Dr. Wright-Geared Hammer seems to think it's 100% of some kind of trauma that you've been through. I think it's somewhere around 70% of folks that I deal with that have gone through something unusually stressful, et cetera. Uh, And I'm sure you, Dr. Garcia, discussed this with your patients and try to help them deal with this issue. And Resolve it if it is if it is one of the causes of their cancer. Do you not? Well, yes, but but the first thing we try to go back is, is figure out what is stress and who defines stress. And the people who define stress are the individuals. So, right. for example, if you're able to put me, if <laughs> you somehow were getting delusional enough to get on the high wire. In a, in a Ringling Brothers circus or anybody else's circus. Um, I certainly wouldn't stand below me because it's certainly not going to be a good place to stand because uh, I'm certainly going to be having a couple of bowel issues. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not big on, on high wires. Um, you know, for me, that would be a very, very stressful environment. However, you get these guys that do it since they could walk. And for them, it's not stressful. So the first thing that people need to understand is if you learn how to adapt, what causes you stress under one circumstances won't allow you won't be stressful anymore under different circumstances. So again, it goes back to getting you to become your better friend and stop being your nemesis. Because each and every one of us defines stress. Each and every one of us is our worst enemy because we don't we allow the fear to manage us as opposed to taking a timeout dissecting it, and then using our minds to rationally come up with a good example. And so what we need to start teaching, what we actually teach here at Utopia, or try to teach here at Utopia, is to tell you that if you're having stress, 
It's that you're allowing to be stressful. So you have a job, you like your job, but you got a jerk for a boss. You can always quit. And people always say, oh, I can't do this, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it's remarkable how all the, all the people that, all the uh, issues that people talk about not being able to do, the canting, I can't do this, I can't do that, all of a sudden they're diagnosed with this cancer word and everything that they needed to do when they were healthy that they thought they couldn't do, they do. It's as if cancer empowers them to do what they needed to do, but it's after you've been diagnosed with cancer, so now you've got another problem you have to deal with. And this is what we're trying to educate you is that in medicine, you're told to be helpless. That's the way you are. You show up. The white coat tells you what your problem is. The white coat tells you that you're powerless. The white coat tells you this is what they're going to do for you. And when it usually doesn't work, then the white coat tells you to go put your affairs in order, which is the worst thing that they can do. <laughs> so all these people make you feel powerless. And when you come here, the first thing we tell you is that the first person, the only person that I know can cure you is you through your immune system and that you want to own all your choices so that you can change them. Because change is necessary. I know you have procedures in the clinic to help people deal with this issue. You know, could you kind of describe, you know, how you help them with this? Well, we have a psychologist. So we have about three people, myself, a psychologist, and, and uh, another a touch for health practitioner that allows us to figure out uh, what is actually going on with you. What are you afraid of? And, and the reason we need three different modalities or three different ways of approaching it is basically because you're going to tell the psychologist something. You're going to tell Elizabeth something else. You're going to tell me something else. So every Tuesday we all get together and, hey, guess what? We talk. Because part of what happens out there in the traditional world is that the patient is made the center sprocket for his or her health care. Because your general practitioner will say, I think you've got a cancer, go to the oncologist. You go to the oncologist, he'll say, you may need to go to the surgeon. So the surgeon may do whatever he wants to do, may or may not send the report to the oncologist, and he's done, he's out of there. The oncologist will then go to his book and then treat you with the chemotherapeutic agents and maybe send you to the radiotherapist, the, the person who does radiation treatment, and they may send a note or two, but they're not going to coordinate. So there's no coordination that's, that's available in the traditional model anymore. It used to be the general practitioner did that. So the reason I set up all these, all these practitioners in-house is so that we could go back to the old model where basically the doctor gets to interact with all the uh, ancillary uh, providers and that we all, all the providers, not just the doctor, but all the providers share information freely from their perspective so that we can all get a better handle on what's going on with you, be it from the touch from health vantage point, be it from the psychological vantage point, be it from a, uh, a numbers or medical vantage point. Whatever it is that we see out there, we want to get as many facets of what's going on with you from very different perspectives as possible so that we can find out what, are, what is the stressors because Interestingly enough, there are things that people will tell me that they won't tell somebody else. Interestingly enough, there are things that will tell 
the, the psychologist that they won't share with me, and so forth and so on. So by putting it all together, what we provide is a coordinated effort so that if you're listening more to the psychologist, the psychologist knows where we're all coming from. If you listen more to me, then I know where everybody else is coming from. And, yeah. and we can get everybody on the same page, which is to your benefit. And, yeah, and this is great because obviously it, it alerts people to uh, the issues that may have affected their health. Uh, obviously, I, I work with people in a, a telephone uh, Skype environment where we're talking. Uh, and, of course, I try to give them the guidance that they need to uh, understand this issue and deal with it. Uh, and fortunately, there's a, a wonderful resource that Dr. Uh, Brad Nelson put together. Uh, he started with a book called The Emotion Code, and now he has something called The Body Code and so on. It's very, very, um, very, very uh, fulfilling for people to understand that in most cases their subconscious is storing things which are affecting their body physically from their past that have not been resolved, some kind of issues that they've been through, some kind of stressful period in their life uh, that is still there in their subconscious. And, you know, I learned this many years ago, probably 45 years ago, that about 90% of what governs our body is from our subconscious. You know, it's not something we're aware of. It's something that happened to us in the past that we still haven't at least subconsciously resolved. And we're not aware of this. And this Dr. Nelson found this in his practice in almost every patient. And so he wrote this book back in 2007. He published it um, called The Emotion Code. And what it does is educate people about uh, how to identify an emotional issue of some kind by accessing their subconscious. And this is what I try to teach people to do. The book is is a self-help, do-it-yourself-at-home book. So first thing I suggest is they get a hold of the book, read it, which is very simple, try it on themselves. And if they don't have confidence that it's working, I certainly uh, urge them to let me know and I put him in touch with one of two ladies trained by Dr. Nelson to help people remotely over the phone, Skype, or whatever, uh, to deal with these issues using the procedure in his book. And these ladies are very, very competent, and you know they charge a little bit for their time. It's not very expensive. The one lady I've worked with for eight or nine years, she charges $90 an hour. Uh, it's a reduced rate. She normally charges 120 an hour, and for my clients, it's 90. But the point is, one hour usually for most people is enough with her uh, to both identify and release from their subconscious whatever emotional issues they find. These are things like fear and grief and anxiety and depression and on and on, 60 different emotions that Dr. Garcia found in his patients were very, very uh, prevalent. And, of course, uh, he has put these in a form in the book where it's very easy to identify which ones apply to you 
using what's called kinesiology or muscle testing, which is very uh, useful. Once you learn how to do it, it's not hard to learn. His book teaches you how to do several different methods of kinesiology, and you you know, kind of figure out which one works the best for you, and you go through this table. And in, in about 20 seconds, you can determine, you know, which one of these emotions apply to you, if any. Anyway, I, I get people interested enough in this uh, by emphasizing to them how prevalent it is. I mentioned Dr. Hammer earlier. Um, Dr. Hammer was a German doctor, um, who, who felt, based on his experience, that this was a major issue with uh, not just cancer patients, but a lot of other uh, physical problems. Uh, this, you know, stress issue caused by some kind of trauma that a person goes through. So he has studied this for many, many years and has had people from all over Europe coming to him uh, for analysis of their problem and of course because people have heard about his theory concerning the fact that these issues are so common as a cause of cancer uh, that those that come to him are not random you know they're coming to him because they understand his theory you know they've read his book or whatever they've heard about him he's been in jail three or four times and Europe over the years and in the newspapers and a lot of publicity and so on. Uh, so they understand his theory about this and they come to him. So his his uh, conclusion is that 100% of the time this is involved in cancer. I don't know. Um, the folks that come to me, uh, you know, there's no screening of them you know they come to me they've read the book maybe the cancer-free book most of them uh, but they come to me kind of randomly where they they're not uh, coming because i believe that every person has an emotional trauma involved that brought on their cancer so about 70 percent of them though when i mention this to them as a probable cause they can recall something very readily within the last three, four years before the cancer was diagnosed, in most cases, uh, that was unusually stressful, emotional issues, uh, uh, you know, marital issues, uh, loss of a child, loss of a loved one, uh, uh, bankruptcy, all kinds of things that we go through that affect our body in a way that is, is damaging for a period of time and which we can resolve usually uh, consciously, say, well, it's as, this is in the past, it's okay. But that doesn't mean our subconscious has released this stuff. And this is what Dr. Nelson found in his, in his practice and in his research, that these subconscious issues are super important to deal with if you want to get over things like cancer. So anyway... I deal with people in this every day, and in most cases, they can find something that uh, was definitely probably affecting them physically and get rid of it using this simple technique that Dr. Nelson teaches them in this book, uh, using uh, signaling the subconscious with a magnetic, uh, some kind of magnet, uh, 
my wife used a refrigerator magnet, and it worked just fine on her. Uh, rub it on the top of the head, back of the neck, which is kind of the governing meridian of the body, uh, and down your spine if somebody's working with you. About three times with a magnet signals the subconscious to get rid of this thing you've discovered, whatever it is. Uh, fear, anxiety, whatever it is. The subconscious is very willing to work with you and erase these things you know, from your subconscious once you know how to access it which is what he teaches you in the book. So this is is very useful to people, and I found uh, most of the folks I work with come back to me and say, boy, I discovered something that I was not aware of from my past that was definitely affecting me physically, and I got rid of it. So anyway, that's one way to approach it. Uh, you know, your way may or may not be better, Doc, but in any, either case... They help people, I'm sure, uh, helping them to address and get rid of these issues, whatever it is that are, are bugging them. So what do you well, think I mean, about it, Yeah, go ahead. It, I'm sorry. As long as you address it. I mean, there's not... Okay, so let's, let's, let's make something perfectly clear. There's more than one way to skin this cat. There's not just my way or Bill's way. There's many, many ways of skinning the cat, and Bill's way has helped many, many people. So the first thing that people need to understand is this. If Bill's had success, and he has, his method has been proven. Now, that it doesn't work on everyone, is that's fine, because nothing works on everyone. So please understand that Bill's method does work. My, my method has worked for, for other people as well. It doesn't mean my method is any better. It just means that it's worked for people, and it also has not worked for others. So please understand that there's many ways of skinning a cat. But if you don't address those issues, be it through Bill's way or my way or some other way, if you don't, if you ignore the issue, I guess is the best way to say it, then you're not really doing yourself a favor because, again, what Bill has taught himself intuitively is that he addresses the entire corpus. Every cancer comes in with a head, a body, one or two legs, one or two arms, and organs. And Bill addresses them. And he does a damn good job because it's worked for many. And that's what needs to happen. And so as long as you do everything, then you stand a chance of getting yourself the remedy you want. And this is important. So that I mean, the take-home message is that you have to have a global plan. You have to learn how to detoxify your body, change your body's uh, input of fuel, change your diet, address your subconscious, as Bill says, start taking the supplements, start increasing the pH of your body, start building up your immune system, start making things favorable for you, and for God's sakes, more overly, not for the time that you're with Bill or with me, but for the rest of your life. Yeah, here. Another problem, because it's like we gotta do this for what? The rest of our lives? Yes, because <laughs> you did something that wasn't right, and and you mean and again, at least uh, I mean Bill and I treat you like adults. We 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 give you the best advice we know how. It's up to you to follow it. I mean, Bill's not gonna go home with you. You're not gonna adopt Bill. Okay. <laughs> And I, I've stopped adoptions. You know, I have my two kids. That's it. I'm done. Factory's closed. And and 
So, you know, we treat you like adults. We show you enough respect to educate you, to tell you that you're the only one who can cure yourself, tell you that, that you have the power to, to heal, which doctors know, but they're afraid to share with you because they're afraid of losing clients. They're afraid that if, you, if they tell you that you can heal yourself, the next thing out of your mouth is, so what do I need you for? The reason you need a doctor is because you don't know how to stay healthy. If you did, you would never go see the doctor because we're programmed to see the doctor when you don't feel good. That's the American programming. The American programming is you don't go see the doctor to stay healthy. You go see the doctor when you're sick, when you don't feel well, when you're down and out. So if you get yourself to the down and out stage, then you're expecting somebody else to whip a pill out of somewhere and make it all better. Yeah. Those are called recreational drugs usually, and they usually have a bad outcome in my opinion, but what the heck. You know, you're <laughs> welcome to do as you wish. What yeah. you're trying to do is something that is a, it, it, it's basically the nuts and bolts that you have to do, and it doesn't have the glamour. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have the glamour that you want it to have. Mm-hmm. And we make no apologies for it. Because if you want the glamour, my book, go do chemo, radiation, and surgery. See how glamorous that really is. Yeah, right. Well, the the two things we've discussed, of course, is what we put in our mouth, the dietary supplement taking and so on, which is pretty well outlined in the book in detail. And, of course, the the stress and, and emotional issues that are unresolved and that there's several different ways to resolve them, get rid of them, to take take the effect on our physical body away, hopefully. The third thing is probably, I don't know, in my opinion, is the most likely cause of most cancers, and that is simply dental toxins. And we've talked about this a lot in the past, but you know, Dr. Garcia, I know you refer your patients to a local wonderful dentist, uh, Dr. Bullness right now. I think she's a wonderful dentist. Uh, I refer mine to a list of dentists in, in whatever country they're in, if I have one or two in their country, which is usually not the case. I mean, I know a couple in, in England and one in Germany and and three or four in Canada and and one in Mexico, and, and then about 36 in the United States and a few in Australia and so on. But, you know, these are very rare dentists. These are dentists that know the physiology of the body and how intimately it is connected to our teeth and our jawbone. And they know that this... this uh, malfunction that's happening in your body, whatever it is, is probably affecting your health. And it's certainly a common cause of cancer. Uh, Root canal filled teeth are probably the worst uh, because every single one of them is a major challenge to your body. Um, But where you've had teeth removed, wisdom teeth or other teeth removed, the jawbone is usually left infected by the dentist because they don't understand enough uh, to take all of the inflammation out of the jawbone uh, before they sew it back up again. And so that brings on all kinds of toxic issues coming out of your mouth. And, of course, mercury amalgam. Most of you are very familiar with, with that to some degree at least. 
uh, as one of the most harmful things you can have in your body, and and it needs to be replaced. And there are other metal issues in your mouth that may be causing physical problems. But all of these are intimately related to the organs in our body. Every tooth is related to certain organs, and this is readily available on the Internet now. You can look it up. It's very easy to to find which organs are related to which teeth because it is a very, it's the old uh, Chinese chi system where the the, uh, travel of energy throughout your body is on a meridian system and the if the tooth is on the meridian that the organ's on it's very likely the cause of whatever's going on in that organ if it's if it's full of toxins but it doesn't necessarily have to be on the meridian it can be anywhere in your mouth in my experience anyway but this is super important and i work with people daily trying to get them to a good competent dentist get their jaw cleaned up and in most cases, this is the critical thing that uh, starts the process of complete recovery from the cancer. And, of course, uh, I know you're aware of this, Doc, and that you work with your patients on it. Uh, tell us about it. Well, one of, the most, one of the most frustrating phrases I get back after I uh, whip out a tooth-organ relationship chart um, is, why are you the only one who knows about this? You know, like I don't know what to say. I don't know why I I I don't know why I know what I know, except perhaps that I read, and 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 somehow I'm culpable because the other people have stayed ignorant. And 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 the reality here is that that in medical school you're basically I mean if we get one hour worth of of nutritional training in medical school. You get zero hours of training in dental relationships to the body. I mean, yes, the cadaver you have has a mouth and it has some teeth in it or all the teeth in it or what have you. And you're dissecting to find what nerves just because they have a test for it so that you know which test is here and there in case you become an ENT fellow. But but no nowhere in medical school was I ever exposed that your teeth are related to your body organs. It just, it just doesn't exist. And the concept is fought tooth and nail when patients that I, I show them the chart, it's not my chart. I, I got two of them that I've downloaded off the Internet, and I share it with my patients. I said, look, you know, this isn't just me. Other people agree with what I'm saying. They, they take this idea and make them a copy of the chart because they always ask for them. They happen to make them a Xerox copy of it. They take it back to the doctor who says it's poppycock. And, and again, I'm... I'm the problem here is that people need to understand that if you brought it into my office, it's fair game for having caused your problem. If you're not willing to accept the possibility that your teeth are associated with your body, then the person who's getting shortchanged is you. It's not Bill. It's not me. When we tell you this, we're not trying to be mean, rude, crude, or anything else. I had this case recently of a 78-year-old woman who came in here who had been fighting cancer for 10 years for whatever reason, didn't want to be inconvenienced, and she was sitting in my office, and, I, and she told me that, uh, I mean, I, I looked at her teeth, and I said, hmm, you know, your teeth look suspect. And he goes, well, you know, I just ate a carrot, you know, a few weeks back, and, and my molar broke in half. 
I said, well, if you ate a regular carrot and your teeth broke, and your molar broke in half, I, I venture a guess that your teeth are rotten. And and her daughter sitting next to me, who happens to be a hygienist who lives down here, her mother lives up north somewhere, and her daughter says, but mom, you got loose teeth. And I'm saying, well, wait a minute, if you got loose teeth and you just broke a molar, then your teeth are definitely need to be addressed. Well, I go see a dentist every every year. You know, I got a dentist. I don't. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't care if you're seeing a dentist. It's not logical for a molar to break eating a carrot, and not to have loose teeth. Your teeth shouldn't be loose. Yes, they do move around. They move in and out and space, and then they they have their they have their wiggle room. That's true, but they shouldn't wiggle. You shouldn't be able to take it and move it back and forth like you would a a razor a paper clip. And so I told her this, and, and she got very irate. She stopped listening to everything. She was more pissed off about the fact that I said that her teeth were an issue than her cancer. To the point where I said, you know, this is just not the facility for you, because if you're not willing, if you out there in the general public aren't willing to put on the table everything that's inside your body as fair game for having potentially caused your cancer or helped aided you in getting your cancer, then you are shortchanging yourself. And this is crucial importance. Bill doesn't tell you your teeth are an issue because he thinks, you know, he has a burr up his butt about your teeth, nor do I. <laughs> we could care less about your teeth, truth be told, except where it affects your health. And the reason you're asking Bill and, and myself to get involved in your life is because things haven't gone quite according to plan. And you'd be surprised how many people come in here, I've got a perfect life. And my answer is, so perfect life to you includes having cancer. So what you're telling me is if you have a son or a daughter and he's or she's to have a perfect life, what you're saying is that, that she needs to have cancer as well. Because of course not. So <laughs> if you don't include cancer as part of perfection, the first thing you need to realize is that you're not really speaking correctly or you are fooling yourself into thinking that your life is perfect if you have cancer. Because cancer is not a nice problem to have. It's surmountable, but yet most people aren't throwing a party because they have it. And what Bill and I are trying to do is try to figure out what went wrong. We're not judging you. We could care less who you are. We could care less what you've done. What we're trying to do is help you get rid of your problem so that you can die of old age with a healthy body. And we don't do it out of disrespect, and we don't do it for no other reason than to try to help you. And you have to be willing to understand that what we're going to tell you is things that are different because guess what? This is called alternative medicine. It's one name given for it. Okay? The word alternative means that it's a different choice. So if we're telling you what you've already heard, Bill and I would be saying, you've got to do chemo, radiation, and surgery. That's what we'd be telling you because that's what everybody else tells you. So you've come for an alternative when we're saying we have to look at your teeth and people get upset or people look bewildered. But that's what you've asked us to do is to check in. I mean, I just talked to a 24-year-old girl who does not have cancer, but she's fatigued. She's got this. She's got now a growth on the outside of her eye that's bulging it out. And I'm going through my checklist and I'm, I'm saying to myself, well, I'm going to ask her if she's got root canals, but she's 23 years old. She can't have any root canals. I'm saying this to myself in my mind. 
So I asked the girl, I said, okay, well, do you have any root canals? Because I want to be complete. And I'm, I'm waiting and I'm stumped, by the way. I'm absolutely stumped why this woman would have a growth on the inner orbit of her left eye that's pushing it out. And, and I asked her, do you have root canals? In my mind, I know she's going to say no. And she goes, oh, I've got a bunch of them. <laughs> I said, what? Twenty-four years old. This girl's got I don't know eight root canals, and there we go again. I said, "Well, I think that your problem with your with the growth in your eye socket is that you've got root canals, and I need to get. I mean, I I need to have them addressed. And and I think in your best interest, if you were my twenty-four-year-old daughter, I'd say go get them removed. Mm. Well, what about my smiles? So they'll give you something temporarily so you can keep, you know, smile and eat and so forth and so on. But we can fix, we can fix the teeth. Okay. Teeth and when she gets them, most certain that the problem with her eye will uh, very quickly disappear. Uh, look, the hardest thing I have convincing people is how rare these dentists are that do a job on. Uh, our our clients or patients, uh, they're so rare. Um, you're very fortunate to have one fairly close to you in Tampa there that you can refer people to. Uh, the ones, I mean, there are 160,000 dentists approximately in the American Dental Association, 160,000. I know 36 that I refer people to, and I've been trying to find them for at least the last 12 or 13 years that I've been well aware that this is a major reason people get cancer and that they have to get it taken care of. Well, a lot of the people I work with, they have to travel a thousand miles to find a competent dentist because those 36, that's two, two tenths of 1% of all the dentists. 99.8% of them, I feel, don't know exactly how to clean up your jaw correctly and your teeth to help you get over your cancer. And you have to go to one of them that's competent. And I refer people to these folks, you know, every day. And finally, when I nag them enough, they get uh, convinced that this is a problem and they they do whatever is necessary to get to a competent dentist and get their jaw cleaned up. And in almost every case, it is the primary trigger that starts the healing of their cancer permanently once they get this done correctly and it obviously can get quite expensive Uh, and of course I try to refer people that can't afford it in the United States to go to Tijuana and pay about 20% as much uh, with a competent dentist there to get the same things done uh, pretty you know pretty uh, effectively uh, so, I mean, that that's a, an issue with many people that they can't afford the dental work, so they put it off. And I try to tell them, look, you want to save your life? You want to overcome your cancer and not have it spread further? You better get to a good, competent dentist and get your jaw cleaned up. And believe me, it works. Well, we're about running out of time, Doc. Um I want people to understand that uh, the websites that uh, you have and I have have a lot of information on them. Uh, Your website called utopiawellness.com is a wonderful source of information of how, what cancer is all about, but also a lot of testimonials from 
people that you've worked with that have have healed their cancer and and gone on about their lives and are very grateful, obviously, for your, the help you gave them, you know, in the clinic. Um, so that utopiawellness.com, folks, is a very important website. Look at it. Get the information that's there. It's all free, and if you want to talk to Dr. Garcia, as he mentioned early in the show, you can do so. It's free. A consultation with him is a free offer to you. You call his office. The number is 727-799-9060, and his staff will set up a free consultation with him on the phone. He's not going to take hours to do it with you, maybe 10 minutes or so, but the point is he will try to help you evaluate where you are and, you know, to what degree his clinical environment might be able to help you. And that's one of the major reasons I think you might want to discuss it with him is uh, to see if it's an appropriate thing for you to come to Oldsmar, Florida, to his clinic and get the wonderful treatment that he does that heals so many cancer patients, stage four and everything else. So don't overlook that. It is very important. And, Doc, I enjoyed it. We will see you in a couple of weeks, hopefully, and we can do some more chatting. Uh, I always enjoy it. One of the things I'm going I'm to send you an email because I've been using this machine that I brought in from Russia that I talked to you about. Oh, and yeah. I, I happened to scan the person who's uh, taken, who took chemotherapy or who's was finished taking chemotherapy, and uh, I did the machine, and uh, I'm going to send you both my scan and their scan so you can see the difference of what chemotherapy does to the human body according to this machine. Oh, um, the number of black spots that you'll see would be absolutely uh, incredible. So I'll, I'll be sending that to you. But, oh, but folks out there, look, numerous people are going to be diagnosed with cancer, so please don't despair. Instead, please call time, contact Bill Henderson. Bill is a clinically experienced, understanding, compassionate, and very well-read man. And these are qualifications which are crucial to those who seek real seeking, but real healing. The myth is that cancer is a killer, but I believe that the real the real story is that the conventional treatments in the form of chemotherapy, uh, surgery, and radiation will weaken your immune system. And their idea that you can eat anything, including sugar, doesn't help the matter either. So our bodies are fortunately programmed to heal through our immune system, and Bill understands this and has managed to put together a program that has helped others. If he's helped others, he can help you, but you have to follow instructions, and you have to be willing to change. So if you get diagnosed with cancer, do yourself a favor. Please call Bill Henderson. He'll help you get there because he's done it before, and you can do it again. Thanks, Bill. Hats off to you. God bless you and Tracy. Talk to you soon, Doc. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 